We're going to continue our talk on faith. I have books out there. I put some more out there. We're kind of we're doing the faith study guide. Best book with a very well-rounded, um, every part of faith that you think that, I mean, Brother Hagen will cover every area of faith. One of the best books I've ever read in my life because he gets into, um, you know, what is mental ascent versus heart faith, believing, speaking, doubting. Um, he goes into every single, um, the confession of your faith. It's the, probably one of the most well-rounded, well-versed books I've ever read on the subject of faith. And he covers every scripture almost in the Bible that has to talk about faith. And so I started reading this book and I thought, man, how come dad's never, you know, told me about this book? Because he read this book years back when he was at uh, Ramah with Brother Hagin. And um, I thought, you know, Hebrews 11.1 1, or no, as it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That is Hebrews 11. It, we should learn about faith because that's what moves God. And we live in a supernatural world. The more I read the Bible, the more I understand that the whole book is supernatural. Every Old Testament story was supernatural. The parting of the Red Sea, the fire on the bush, Moses wanting to see God. The children of Israel were a supernatural race of people. Israel, the reason that where it is today, that little slip of land that everybody's fighting over. And there's a whole Middle East, and everyone wants this little piece of land as a covenant-locked land that was bought with supernatural blood of Jesus. And so there is a, a blessing on that land, and that's why if the whole war over Israel, just to give you an insight, is that if you can, they can control the Temple Mount, you can control the world. If you can control the Temple Mount where the Muslim mosque is right at the moment, then you can stop Jesus from coming back and touching his foot on the Mount of Olives. That's the whole reason everybody wants that land. And, and somebody brought up the whole thing with Palestine the other day because the news is saying that, well, they just want land. It's, no, that land's been the Byzantines, the Ottomans, the, the Arabs. I mean, since the fall of the Roman, in, uh, the Rome took that after Jesus prophesied at that land falling. Everybody's wanted that piece of land. As soon as the death and burial of resurrection of Jesus, he says not one stone will be laid upon this building. They took the land. Uh, Rome took it and seized it. Well, then after Rome had it for uh, a very long period of time, then the Byzantines and the Ottomans and everybody was grabbing it. And nobody's been able to hold on to it, but it's a supernatural piece of land. And the more that you go through the Bible, you realize that God works by faith and by the supernatural. So my title is Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural Realm. And I believe that if we're going to do anything uh, with our destinies with God, you're going to have to tap into the supernatural, to the faith realm of God. Every um, act of faith I've taken in my life has produced results. And even... You know, we were at the middle school the other day, and we were, um, it's kind of amazing how we prayed and started believing and speaking that we would get into the schools. And uh, Monday night and Sunday night prayer, I know the ladies, we all prayed. Uh, we've been praying over the school system for a few years, and we had an open door, and I believe it was through prayer and faith, and we just kept saying, we're, we're going to get into the schools, and, and all of a sudden, a door opens, and we went and prayed through all the schools, and then they asked me to come speak on the uh, pray at the, the poll day or the flag day and teach on America, teach on the flag. I had like 15 minutes. So a bunch of the kids gathered around the poll. And it was probably maybe, what, 10, 15, 20 kids max, I think, the first day. It wasn't a real huge crowd, but they were there. And we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, then the principal walks up to me and said, that was such a, we loved listening to what you said about America 
and about God and country. And I told telling the kids that, you know, if you're an American, that we're all one people, one faith. We came under God, and that's what our flag represents us as a nation. And there's no division if you're living under the flag. This is who we are as one people. Uh, and so the teacher or the principal, Miss James, goes, would you come back every Friday and talk and, and speak? And she's like, it's not school property. It's off the school property. So we started going back. And then dad goes, I want you to use your faith, that it's going to grow. I want you to use your faith that more kids are going to get born again. I want you to start using your faith and praying over it. So we, I started doing that. And then we started having almost 40 kids show up. And then, the, uh, then it just, we had over 150 salvations we, that we recorded, and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just taking steps of faith. We're like, and faith is just simply believing what God said in his word, like Jesus said, occupy till I come, and that Jesus hath defeated Satan and delivered us from the power of darkness, and that Jesus is the triumph, we are the triumphant church. And the more that you study that everywhere in the Bible, like Moses and people that took ground by faith and took, and it says that they, all these people in Hebrews 11, by faith, they seized governments, they, they took land, they defeated enemies, what? By faith, by faith, by faith, Hebrews chapter 11. All, everything that they did, it was taking God at his word at an unseen realm and, and stuff was happening based off of what they believed that God said. And so once you believe what God says, you begin to speak it, and then you begin to act on it, and then you receive it. But you have to believe it as if you had already received it, because God's word cannot lie. God cannot fail. Everything in his word will come to pass. He said that every man be a liar, but my word will remain true. And so it says Jesus, it says I, he's placed the word above his own name. And so he's, he's holding this more accountable than, than himself. And so this cannot fail. And that's what faith is, is you're believing in, um, let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. We'll read it. But the more I've studied this, uh, the realm of faith, it's, let's see, Hebrews 11, oh, I'm in Hebrews 2. It's made me... Um, want to tap more into that faith realm to get something from God with what he said in his word. Not in the natural, not trying to struggle for it, not take 30 years trying to do something. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is, so now faith is, it's a, it's a current. Faith is now. Faith isn't future. Faith isn't past. Faith is right now in this moment. It's something that's alive and working. It is the substance. So it's actually something that you can hold. One day I was sitting in my truck, and the Lord says, you know your faith produced this substance that you are sitting in. You drive a Ford Raptor because of three years you said, I have that truck in Jesus' name. I didn't believe it when I first said it. I didn't know if I believed it for the first six months I said it. But you start saying something long enough, you're going to start believing what you say. You say you're going to get sick when the winter comes. You, some people have said it so long that they get sick every winter. And it's no condemnation on people, but I think, you know, a lot of people say things they don't really under, know, you know, they're saying all the time, they don't realize what they're saying. But faith produces a substance, something that you can actually touch and feel. Now, so things hoped for, so hope, you need hope. Hope is future. Hope is, without hope, people wouldn't have any hope to live. 
of a hope of a better tomorrow, a hope of stuff coming to pass, of a, of a better America, of a better economy, of, some, of stuff, better family, things in your life changing. So you need hope. It, of the evidence of things not seen, so it's actually evidence, scientifical evidence, you could actually have something that, that's proven that it's there, so God's telling you. And it's basically, uh, three, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. So everything that we have now, this chair, the carpet, God said it came from an unseen realm. The unseen realm is where faith is, where God is. Like Dr. Cho says, the, the dimension that's greater controls the dimension that's lesser. So the unseen dimension controls the seen dimension, where God resides in the unseen realm. He's made everything in the seen realm. Now, it may be facts, where that we're touching something, but truth is that truth never changes. And so it may be a fact that, you've, that, that there's a chair there or a fact that you're sick, but the truth is that you are healed. And so the unseen realm controls the seen realm, and that's what faith is. And faith is just simply believing God at his word and taking him at his word and acting on it. People make faith out to be something really hard. I want to go to Romans chapter 3. 27. So the, at the other day at the middle school, I had been there every Friday, and some of the teachers hadn't been there every week. And what was interesting is I hear so much talk of doubt, even amongst other Christians while we were there. And we passed out like 450 Gatorade bottles inviting the kids to FCA, because what happens is, is once we got into the schools, we want to continue to teach the kids about Jesus, and so we have to use the avenue of FCA because they've been there so long and they have a reputation. And so they're just like, oh, we're passing these out. I just really hope that kids will come, really hope, and that, you know, I'm just believing, we're just, I'm praying that people will show up and that even if we can have a, and I thought, there's going to be, because they asked me and they, I said, there's probably going to be easy 40 kids. And they're like, well, how do you know that? I said, well, you have 40 kids on a regular basis. And I said, it'll be easy. They'll, they'll come. We, we're consistent. They come every week. They'll come. And they're like, well, even if we don't have but 10 kids. And I'm thinking that this is not faith talk. But, you know, you put, and, I, and in my own heart, it's like I believe in my heart. I already know we're going to have that many kids. It's easy. I said, we'll have kids. We'll have 40-something kids show up. Well, the morning when we started, when we got ready to start preaching, get the altar call, we had about 36 kids. And then by the end of the thing, they had almost 40 roll in. Now, some, a lot of the kids showed up rolling late, you know, piled in there, grab a donut. But because um, that's, it, you know, it's pretty, some things with faith, you don't really need faith if you have some wisdom. Uh, with kids, you bring donuts and orange juice. <laughs> And people are believing God, kids are going to show up. I'm like, yeah. That's like me throwing a bunch of worms out in the lake saying, I hope a fish. That's like me throwing on my, I have a catfish pond. And so if you ask me if I'm believing God that my catfish are going to come hit all the catfish food that I throw out, you, you think I'm crazy. I, I can show up every day and I can tell you every day them catfish are showing up. Why? It, it, it's, just, it's just not even faith. It's just wisdom, knowledge. It's just something that happens. Um, and so what's interesting is that in Romans 3, it says there's actually called the law of faith. And so certain things, it's funny with Christians. It's like, well, we're just believing. And sometimes I ask the Lord, I'm just like, just, I'm not even believing for these kids. Just tell me what these kids want. What's the bait that'll, 
Well, it was candy, chocolate, donuts. I mean, these kids that are popped in the middle, they'll show up for anything that feeds their stomach. That's what Jesus said. That's using wisdom. Jesus says, no, you, you came because I fed you with the loaves and fishes. But Jesus was trying to get the word in them. There's a, there's a wisdom, a key right there. Just feed people and they'll show up. So, so maybe if you just have, a, you know, people want a revival meeting, maybe you should just do the biggest cookout you've ever done here at Word of Life Church. You'd probably have a thousand people from the city show up just wanting something to eat. We didn't, wouldn't even need faith. That's just using some, some wisdom that Jesus talked about. So Romans 3, 27, where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So he, what he's saying here in Romans 3 is that he was saying that it's not by the law of Moses anymore that people will follow the law and do the works of the law. But he said now it is by the law of faith, which would be simply what, the, what Jesus did on the cross. We're simply just believing and receiving what Jesus did. And so, but what this means is that if there's a law of faith, that this is something that can have the same results every time. It's a law, like the law of gravity. If you throw something off of a building, it is coming down every single time. But what this means is that the law of faith will work the same way every time. People say, we don't know what the Lord's going to do. Well, we actually do know a lot of what God will do or what he's already done or how it works because the Bible said it's by the law of faith. So you can actually know how faith works, and, and it says we'll go from faith to faith. So you can start in one realm of faith and keep moving up in your faith. Now, a lot of times things start with, all right, we're just going to believe God we're going to get into the school. We're going to believe God that some of the, you know, a few kids will show up. All right, let's believe God now for 20 kids to show up. Now we're going to believe God for 30 kids, 40 kids, 50 kids. And your faith just keeps growing because once you hit an area of faith, you don't go backwards. Unless you just stop. You get to stay out of the word of God and you quit. Faith comes by hearing. You quit hearing. You can actually, you know, it says that he who has more will be given to him. He who has less will be taken. So that who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. So you do need to take what you have and keep using it for God to keep um, working with you. So I want to open this book um, on, let's see, we're on, I'm on page, page eight, mental ascent versus heart faith. And it's on um, where, yeah, that's where it talks about mental ascent versus heart, Mark 11. So if everything rides on faith and faith pleases God and faith brings unseen realities to the seen realm, then I'm going to study faith because I want supernatural results from God. I want things to happen. And um, so it says in Mark chapter 11, 23, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and he shall not doubt in his heart, but he shall believe in his heart those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice that the Bible never said one word about doubting in one's head. You can have doubt in your head and still have faith in your heart, but it is believing in your heart that will cause you to receive from God. People ask, how can I tell whether I have faith in my heart or whether I'm just believing mentally in my head? You can tell because mental agreement or mental assent says, I know God's word is true. I know God promises me healing and the answer and he promises me to answer my prayer or whatever I need, but for some reason, I can't get it. I can't understand. Why then I don't have the answer to my petition? Folks who say that are just in mental assent, not in real Bible faith or heart faith. 
Faith, real faith in God's word says, if God's word says so, then it is so. The promise is mine. I have it now. Faith always says I have it even though I can't see it. This is where he gets into Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Someone said, well, yes, but the thing which I've been praying about, I don't see it. It hasn't come to pass yet. But if you already had it, you wouldn't have to believe for it. You would know it then. In order to come to that place of knowing, you have to take that step of believing without seeing, based only on your faith and what? The integrity of God's word. Many people want to know it first, and then they want to believe. That's it. They want to know it from the natural standpoint of having it come to pass first. However, we have received what the word of God tells us because God's word says it's ours. We believe God's word without seeing any of the manifestation in the natural realm. Then what we are believing God for materializes. Mark chapter eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. I'm going to jump down. I don't know about you, but I've never been able to receive healing in my body first without believing I had received my healing. Even though every symptom in my body was crying out, you don't have your healing, you are not healed, I would just simply say to my flesh, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, Romans 3, 4. So if you say I'm not healed, you are a liar because God's word says I am healed. Then I'd act in faith on God's word instead of acting on what I feel. Results are always forthcoming. It works 100 times out of 100. But if you are going to sit around and groan and sigh and gripe and complain and wait for something to come to you, you will never get very far in faith. That is real Bible faith. So he goes on to talk about that if you're waiting for symptoms to all become right before you start believing God and taking them at his word, you will never get healed. Just because you have a symptom in your body is maybe a fact, but it is not truth. What is truth? Truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, I were healed, I was healed. Past tense, God is not healing you, he already did that on the cross. Faith is just simply saying, yes, I take him at his word. I know there's pain in my body at the moment. I know everything's screaming and hurting at the moment. But by faith in his name, he has made me whole. 1 Peter 2, 24, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I was healed. Symptoms, get in line with the word of God. Get off my body in Jesus' name. Brother Hagin said, just because I had a symptom hit my body did not mean that I am sick. Just because a cold, he says, many times colds would try to jump on me, try to feel the symptoms. Oh, man, and many people would say, well, I, I, feel, like, um, I feel like a cold's coming on me, and they start saying on it. And Brother Hagin would say, no, what I would say is that if that symptom came on me, he would say, no, I do not take that in Jesus' name, Satan. You have to get that off of me. Now, don't feel condemned if you're not there and it doesn't pop off right away. I always go back to the word where he says, what I do is I just go back and study faith. Sometimes you have to hear the word of God. Sometimes there's areas that we're missing it in the realm of faith where you're like, well, I just want uh, what Brother Hagin had immediately. It says that he quoted Mark chapter 11 for 24 months until he got a revelation of it. And it went from being in his head where he was quoting the scripture every day to where actually he saw it in his heart, the heart of a man, the spirit of a man. So the more that you're listening to faith, the more faith grows. I've read this book three times. I'm still reading it. You never arrive to the end of faith. 
I'm still growing in my faith. I want quicker results. It does seem like sometimes it takes a little while. But I think what happens is, is you're, it, you're, you're undoing all the unbelief out of your head. And then you're checking your mouth to see what you're saying throughout the day. Uh, well, I'm going to get something. I'm going to get. No, no, no. Wait, faith is now. Oh, no, I have it. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, no, I have that now, and I will do that. So there's little areas that I'm checking even in my own believing and speaking to where I'll say things where, yeah, you know, my little red car, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, no, I'm not thinking about it. No, that is going to happen, and I claim it in Jesus' name. So I want to give you a little update on my car because I'm, it's a, I bought this car as just kind of a backup, and it's a, it's a little bit of a beater, and my, my brother-in-law, we were going to go look at it, and I never went to the auction, but he went and just picked it up, and I thought, oh, man, if I'd have saw that at the auction, I probably wouldn't have bought it. You know, I'm like, next time I'm just going to go and look at it, at least be like, no, let's go for something else. But anyways, he bought it, and, um, and I thought, okay, well, that's a, you know, you learn a lesson. But um, I had it, and then I was like, well, it blew up within a month. I was like, oh, this is an auction special. Golly, I got to stop doing this. And, and so, because um, I just like having a backup wheel, especially when my truck goes into the shop and things like that, and I'm, I don't want to borrow someone's car, I just want to have some extra wheels. Plus, someone's always needing, you know, a ride around church. You know, their people's car at church breaks all the time. Can't, can't get to work, can't, can't do this, my car's broken. So have some little set of wheels around. We've always had backups in the family. And so... Um, I couldn't sell it for scrap because nobody, everybody wants to give you bottom dollar. They want to park the whole thing out. And I don't want to take months to park the car out. So I started reading this book. And he says, whatever things you say, whatever you believe. And I thought, it'd be pretty amazing to take this, this car that looks impossible situation. That's what he says. If you say to this mountain, be removed. What is a mountain? It's an impossible situation. It's something too big. And I said, I'm just going to, I'm not going to see if, because if is the badge of doubt, but... I'm going to use my faith, and I want to watch this situation change. Will faith really work with just believing and speaking something? So that's when I said I started walking out and just speaking to the car. Within 20 minutes that one day, uh, somebody had pulled up behind me and called me, and we were talking, and they said, well, I want to I pay for half the engine. So it cost me 600 bucks. And so I thought, okay, that's cool. So an engine is now sitting next to the car. So then yesterday, I made a few more phone calls because I had a guy that was going to put it in, and I called a guy that comes to this church sometimes because he's got a tow truck, and he said, what are you doing with that? I said, I'm taking it to this guy. He's charging me like 1000 bucks. He goes, that's way too much. He said, let me have it. I'll pick it up for free. I won't even charge you for the tow. And he goes, let me take it to my son. He says, we'll do it way less than that. I thought, man, praise God. So he's coming to get it in the next two days. So I'm just walking out speaking, to, and I just kept saying, I put engine, I call you in there in Jesus' name call you in there in Jesus' name. How do I know it's going to work? I don't know. But Mark chapter 11 says, I'll have whatsoever things I say. When you believe that you have them, already have it. The car is already running. And then I'm going to start speaking to all the panels. I kind of want to do a test to see if the whole car could be rebuilt just by speaking to it. Yeah. Jesus says whatsoever. People say, oh, it's just a piece of junk. You know, just, just scrap it and just try to go something else. It's like, well, by the time I sell that and go get something else, and then I got to fix that one too, it's like, might as well just start speaking to this one. Might as well some, just take an impossible situation as a, as a test of faith just to see the thing change just by your words alone speaking to it. And so Jesus didn't say you can only speak to, to stuff that's possible. He said speak to the impossible situations in your life. 
Can you speak to your marriage, to your finances, to your children? Can you speak over the things that you'd really desire, like a piece of property or a house that you want that's four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars right now, and actually the evidence of things not seen coming into reality? I believe you can. That's what Jesus is saying. He didn't say only things that are that are you know only under a million dollars that you can have. Well, it's really where your faith's at, but you can grow in the realm of faith. And so start where you're at. Start with little things. Start with maybe um, I, I speak over my day. Today's going to be a great day in Jesus' name. Supernatural doors are opening for me today in the name of Jesus. Money is moving and money is shaking today. Money is finding me. I'm not desiring or seeking money, but money is a tool that comes to me in Jesus' name. Actually, uh, the Lord is the strength of my life and my body is getting stronger every single day. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalms 23, I shall not want. He that sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He that sowed bountifully reaps bountifully. I'm a bountiful reaper. Money's coming to me. God's opening up doors, relationships. Uh, I command the north, east, south, and west to give up divine relationships to come to me. I heard that from Billy Epperhart. Heart. used to pray that. And he used to say, I used to command the north, the east, the south, and the west to bring those divine connections that I needed for business, needed to make money. And he said, I started meeting people. He said, this guy walked in my church, and he heard one of my cassette tapes. He took it, and they produced it and sold millions of them to homes all around the world. He said, I actually just retired from preaching just off this one guy taking my cassettes and selling them all, all over the world. He said, I didn't even have to take an income from my church anymore after that. But he said, I started speaking and saying that these divine relationships would come into my life and come to me. And he said, I started meeting people from all over the place. There is something that happens in the realm of the supernatural that I can't, I don't know how it works. But I know that it works. That, that my relationship with Pastor Mark was a supernatural relationship. It changed my life. And I just keep, ask, I just keep commanding more of them to open I mean, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Dr. Mary Fran, uh, Pastor Hagen, all these people have been, even Jim Hockaday, who worked for Brother Hagen for all those years in prayer and healing school, who saw a thousand people show up on a regular basis and had, for 10 years, had miracles. And that was another relationship that just walked in the door the other night. Well, he didn't even know he was coming. And I'd ask him questions about Brother Hagen's healing school. I'd ask him questions about faith and how things worked when he was there. And I thought, this is another divine relationship that God opened up for me. That you, there are people that are connected. If you could do everything by yourself, you would. Trust me, I would love to. But God uses people to accomplish his divine will Amen. all the time. I mean, every divine purpose of God was he used David, he used Gideon, he used Moses. And then Moses had people like Joshua. Moses had Aaron. Moses had the people that helped him. You're not doing everything alone in life. I wish we could because people can be so fickle sometimes. And you know, but, but you're like, man, Lord, I just want people with faithfulness. But God took David and he went and found 400 people that were discontent, distressed, and in debt, bunch of losers. And David, they got around David and got a spirit of faith on them. And it's everything that David did where David killed the lion, David killed the bear, David killed Goliath. Then if you read, there's a chapter in the Bible that talks about all of David's mighty men, and they were killing animals and killing Philistines and taking territory. And those, that same spirit that was on David got on them by association, by hanging around them, by hearing about faith. And then that jumped on them, and they did the same acts that David did. So who you are connected to, who you hang around is very important to the, to the, because faith 
The principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. And you hang around. That's why, like last night, Pastor Mark was here. I go to his meetings. Why? Because I want, they call it, it's the, uh, he calls it, the young horses have to tie themselves to an old horse. Because in, with horses, he was told a story that he had a horse one time that ran away, and they found him, and his horse was named Buddy, and, they were, and his dad dropped him off and said, well, ride Buddy home. And he tried to cro- get Buddy to cross a bridge, being a young horse, and the horse, as soon as the hoof hit the bridge, it wouldn't cross. And we've had horses before, but we've never, I've never seen that happen with them. But the horse, every time that hoof hit it, he wouldn't cross that bridge. So the only way they had to call another guy with a horse, an older guy who brought an older horse who had been across that bridge, and they tied the young horse to the old horse, and the young horse would follow the old horse. And so that's how they do it. Once the horse crosses a bridge enough times, he'll cross that bridge, and then they'll tie another younger horse to him. And so sometimes you have to tie yourself to an old horse to cross some bridges in life and some people that have been there before. And so that's why you find great people of faith like Dr. Rodney or Pastor Mark Hankins or Pastor Daryl who have been places. Tie yourself to them. Dad's been to 20 nations, preached all over the place. And so if you want to learn to do what he does, tie yourself to him and that same anointing will get on to you. And so uh, that's another interesting uh, fact about faith is that the principles of faith are taught but the spirit of faith is caught. Amen. And so, let's see. Um, I'm going to jump ahead because um, it's at 30 minutes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next page. It's uh, page 11. It says, keep looking at the word down on the bottom right hand. I like another passage of scripture along the same line. In fact, these scriptures helped me when I was on the bed of affliction. I believe these scriptures helped me as much as anything in my life. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ears to my saying. Let them not depart before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For my words, they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. And so I want to jump over to the other side of this. It's going to be on the left-hand side. Brother Hagin says, I remember a few years ago I was struggling along the same lines that many people do in the area of healing. Even after I was healed, I had some of the most alarming heart symptoms that have seemed to return to me. In the nighttime, I would have some terrible struggles. I did just as what Abraham did. I've been praying and standing on the promises of God, but I could not get off to sleep. Finally, I said, Lord, I must have some relief. God spoke to me, and he said, consider not thine own body. So I just relaxed and said, thank you. I took my mind off my body and drifted back to sleep. Later the same night, I woke up again and had the same symptoms. I said, Lord, I'm not considering my own body. Then what am I going to consider? The Lord said, consider him who is the author and the finisher of your faith and high priest of your confession. God tells us in his word exactly what not to consider, and then he tells us what to consider. Or we could say in this way, God tells us in his word exactly what not to consider, and then he tells us whom to consider, Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So he goes in here to read um, Abraham 19. It says, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and he was fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Now he compares this where Thomas 
His faith was, I have to see Jesus. I have to see the holes in his hand. I have to stick my hand in, in, in Jesus' side. Where Abraham just took God at his word. He didn't consider his body. And he was 100 years old, but he was fully persuaded what God said would come to pass. And that was Abraham's faith. And so one thing he said in here was that the symptoms kept coming back to his body. So people say, oh, well, I've heard uh, people go, well, I, I believed God that I was healed and I've been standing on the word and this morning I woke up, I couldn't get off the floor, I had the most alarming symptoms and ever and I don't know why my faith didn't work. I said, no, your faith did work. Just because you have an, Satan's trying to attack you, he's hitting you in the, the sense realm, does not mean that God's word is not true. That's where, I love it where he said, it's, I did not consider my own body, but what did he said I started to consider tonight? The author and the finisher of my faith, Jesus. So people go, well, I feel sick. Consider Jesus. Who is your healer? Think about Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Praise the Lord for, for what he's done. I, I'm, I'm broke and struggling in finances. Consider Jesus who became poor so that you could become rich, who died on the cross so that, you, that he took poverty, he took sickness. Think about Jesus. What Jim Hockaday told me is many people will come up here and they'll, they'll consider their sickness, they'll consider how they feel, the symptom in their body, more than they consider in Jesus their healer. They're not thinking when, they're, when he's walking with them, they're not thinking about Jesus touching them and healing them. They're not thinking that this is an act of faith that I'm walking with God right now and healing is hitting my body. They're not waking up in the day thinking, you know what, every bill is coming in the mailbox or, or hitting me today, but guess what? Jesus has made me rich. Jesus became poverty. I'm blessed in Jesus' name. Going through your day thinking about Jesus versus thinking about the problem all day long. That's where he said, consider not thy own body. Consider not all your problems. Consider not the circumstances and things that are hitting you all day long. Or this and that. And this has to change. And this problem. And this is going on. It's like, no, consider Jesus. You ever remember, the, ever heard the story of, um, was it Shambach that told the story of his friend who was in the, on the deathbed, and uh, he was about to die, and the priest rolled the, uh, he, I mean, he, I forget what disease that he had had, but he basically had a terminal illness, and, and the priest came in and let, read him his last rites and said, you're going to die. All his millions of dollars he spent on the doctor, he said bank was double zeros, completely broke. The family, you know, brought the priest in and said, he's dying. They rolled the sheet over his head. He said, just after that priest walked out, he said, another priest walked in the door. And he says, he bent over. He didn't know who he was. And he whispered in his ear and he said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And he said, he thought, he laid there saying, who is this man? Like how offended was he that a man walked in and said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. He's terminally ill. He's about to die. He's completely broke. He's been abandoned by his family. And a man says, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And he realized it was Jesus standing there. And he says, as soon as that happened, and he said, I am the Lord Jesus, and I am healing you now. And I don't remember the entire story of how it happened to where Jesus showed up. But he said, life hit his body, and Jesus says, get in there, shave your face, and, and clean yourself up. And Jesus had disappeared, and he said he got up, and he had shaved his face and walked out, and the, the nurse came in and screamed 
Because a, a few, maybe an hour before, the priest had walked in, read him his last rites, put the blanket over his head, and then Jesus came in. And then the, last, the next thing the nurse saw was the man standing there completely whole. And he said he remembered that saying that you don't have a single problem in life. All you need is faith in God, the assurance that what God's word said will come to pass, and you will have what you say. And so he considered what was amazing. That man was thinking more about Jesus standing there with him in that moment, considering Jesus his healer, and he got healed. And so Shambach always said that on the radio when he started his radio program. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And so people were like, I got all kinds of problems. But what is your problems compared to Jesus? You got a guy who, who healed all the sick, who made the universe. He is the eternity of eternities. He's the king of kings. He's created everything. And we're over here struggling to, to scratch two pennies together so we can make some copper. <laughs> a friend of mine said the other day, we were talking about price, and he said, I said, well, I'm, I'm not really interested. In, I don't have to save that much money. He goes, you know how copper was invented? He said, two Jews were fighting over a penny. <laughs> talking about saving money. So it's, some of that's real funny. But that's, I, I love that because when he got, on looking at the word, he says, my son, attend to my words. Let them not depart before your eyes. Keep looking at the word of God. Read the word of God so much until that reality gets in you about what God said is bigger than circumstances, bigger than things around you that are happening. That 1 Peter 2.24, that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I were healed. And so the more I look at that, the more I realize I'm not trying to get healing. I'm not trying to get prosperity. Why? All that was already promised in the cross. That it says that we have an inheritance through Jesus when he sat down at the right hand of God. Well, if I have an inheritance and Jesus is the king of kings and I'm, his son, I'm God's son and I'm Jesus' brother and everything Jesus has belongs to me, the more I think about that, the more I think, man, I shouldn't be broke. I'm not broke. How can you be God's son, the king of kings, and be walking around broke? And so what happens is, is you ha there has to be a change of mentality. Amen. Because Brother Hagin says wrong believing Wrong speaking will actually cause these things not to come to you. And wrong thinking, wrong thinking, wrong believing, kind of the same thing. So uh, I want to go to, there's, let's see, I already went over that. It's going to be page 19 if you have the book. It says, believe you received the petitions before you have it. Oh, see, I, I got a, only a few more minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that part because we kind of went over that already. Chap, uh, it's going to be... I'm going to jump to um, 35, page 35. If you believe, you will act. Years ago, in a vision concerning my ministry, Jesus gave me the best definition of faith. He told me about a particular situation, that if I had believed his word, I would have acted on what he had told me to do. Immediately, I realized I had doubted what he told me to do by not acting on it. The best definition of faith is this. If you believe it, you will act. It also relates on God's word. If we believe God's word, we will act as though it's true. 
Faith is giving substance to the things hoped for. Because I did not act on what Jesus had said to me by the Holy Spirit in the first phase of my ministry. I did not have any substance in my ministry. But in the second phase of my ministry, I had acted on what Jesus said, and my faith gave it substance. Act on faith for healing. People want healing for their bodies. I can tell them exactly how to get it. We find this answer on Acts 14. Certain man came to Lystra, impotent at his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked. He had heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up upright on thy feet, and he leaped up and walked. Paul perceived that the impotent man had faith to be healed, yet this man was still sitting there crippled until he had acted on his faith. The real truth is every believer has faith to be healed. Someone said if sick folks have faith, they're going to be healed. Oh, no, that's wrong because you can't find anywhere the Bible says if you have faith, you will be healed. But the moment you begin to act on the faith you do have, your faith will work and you will be healed. Yes, the devil will come contest you every inch of the way, but if you keep acting on faith, you will be healed. And so faith has an action. Faith has what, if if your faith's not causing you to do something, and I don't always know for every situation what that is, but sometimes with me, my faith can be I'm sowing a seed. Uh, My faith is, is that I'm just praising God that I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that I'm healed. Well, maybe that's moving that part of your body around. Thank you, Father, that I'm healed. Oh, my shoulder's been hurting. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that I've received my healing. And so um, in different areas, maybe like with, let's say you're dealing with a marriage or something, maybe faith is just that you're you're not continuing to worry about it or that person, or a son, or a daughter, and your act of faith is, no, I'm not considering the circumstance or situations, but I'm just considering Jesus, and I'm not going to sit there, and, and, and like you said, he worried so much on the bedpost that he wore the varnish off because that he was going to die when Brother Hagin was sick, and so you're choosing, I'm not going to worry about the situation with this person, or sometimes, like I said the other day, I just wanted to, to buy another house, so I just went to the bank. And I just sat down with her because the, the bank I go to is like a home bank. And I, just, and I just had, say, put some numbers together and run this for me. Sometimes I don't always know, but it's just an act of faith. Sometimes an act of faith is I just call somebody. Like I did with the car. So I'm gonna, let, me just, let me just call this person. Let me just call that person. Let me just call. The first time I called the, the junkyard, they wanted like $1,500. And I thought, okay, well, that's the wrong answer. But to me, it was an act of faith. I'm moving in a direction of trying to get something fixed. And so, or it is, it will be fixed. And so I make some phone calls. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Just start calling until you figure out what it is that I need for this situation. And I said, Lord, I'm taking an act of faith. I'm stepping out. The woman with the issue of blood is what? She heard Jesus. She heard that Jesus was healing people. Then she said with her mouth that if I may touch the hem of his garment, I will behold. Not I'm going to get hold. Not I hope I'm going to get hold. Not maybe something will happen when I touch Jesus. No, she said when I touch his garment, I will behold. Then she stepped out of her house, which was you, you weren't allowed to do during that time because you'd be stoned for walking through a cloud or a crowd of people being a bleeding person. And she's pushing people aside, knowing that she could be killed with her condition. Because in the Jewish law, it was to stone her. And she said, I'm going to gra- I'm grabbing, I will grab the hold of Jesus's garment. When I do, I will be made whole. Jesus didn't have to find her and hook up with her faith and pray with her that she pulled power out of Jesus without him even knowing she was there. People can pull power out of you 
not knowing if you even know that they're pulling power out of you. Well, they, they, they hear. They hear about what you're doing. They hear about that when you're praying for the sick that they're getting healed. And then people are um, not only hearing, but then they started, she started speaking. So speaking opens the door. They're saying, I will have this. This is mine in Jesus' name. And then she got out of her house and started moving in that direction. And so um, I, don't, I don't know for situations that what it takes for, for you to act on your faith. But even if it takes, I mean, I even, uh, you know, I even went out one day and I staked out a house it, I just took the stakes and just staked out how big I thought I wanted it to be. And I've just been looking at plans and drawing it up. It's just an act of faith. I told dad, I said, I'm going to put a car right in the parking lot, and I don't care if the car is this big. And so me and my brother-in-law were talking and, and, um, about a certain Ferrari that, because when I worked for my sister, we, I drove sports cars for him. And um, I told him, I said, I had been having some dreams about certain sports cars. And I said, I'm not really into sports cars, but it's interesting that I've been having dreams about them. And um, so then him and I were talking, and then a few days later, he had one that he's like, I had a dream that we bought this certain Ferrari. And so then at Christmas, he bought me the model Ferrari. He found it. I said, I'm going to build it and stick it in the parking lot. That's my car. I just shove it in the, in the parking lot, walk out there every day and just see... Because I had a friend, Ian, I know uh, he passed away, the, the young man that, with the motorcycle that I went and did his funeral, I rented the Mustang from him. And uh, in, even in that realm of people into sports cars, they need to be born again. They need to be saved. And at the time, I didn't know why I was renting a car. She took a step out of faith. I didn't have the money to do it. The Lord told me to do it. I said, I just want to rent this car. What I didn't realize later was then my friend said, well, you don't owe anything to us. Sometimes taking a, you're just following that inward, that Holy Spirit. So I rented the car, and he ended up getting born again. And then a few months later, he passed away. And his mom has actually come here. She was actually here like two weeks ago. And her, his brother came to church. And I ended up leading 50 people in that funeral to Jesus off of renting a sports car. And so I'd ask the Lord, I said, what is this with the realm of sports cars? There's people in there that need to be born again. It's just stuff. If the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, he said the silver's mine, the gold's mine, the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. It's just a bunch of metal they threw together, and then only LeBron James and only the rich, you know, heathen can buy it. I don't believe that. And so, but it, but it attracts people. Because when, when I drive that stuff, people, it's, they attracts that kind of people. But they don't, they're not going to listen to a broke preacher. They don't want to listen to a broke person telling them about Jesus. But on someone on their same level, they'll listen. So Ian listened to me talk about the Lord, and he ended up receiving Jesus. And um, I had started seeing the cars and stuff. And so I thought, well, maybe the Lord's expanding my faith. Because that's not something I really think about on a daily basis. It's not something I'm totally interested in. But I said, Lord, if that's where you want me to put my faith, maybe there's a community that you want to reach. I'll start putting my faith in that, that I'll be driving these things because it'll bring those people to you. Because I saw 50 people get born again off of one Mustang that I had rented, the Mustang Bullet. And to me, I thought, oh, this is so lavish. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm wasting money renting this car, driving it to Rodney Howard Browns. I could be saving this money. Well, not when 50 souls got saved. That's worth more than a million dollars. I mean, billions of dollars for one soul. And I thought, Lord, forgive me for the way I think. Forgive me for thinking so tight sometimes. Well, I don't want to rent this car. It's too much money. And you know what? I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost and said, you know what? It's fun. It was fun. I had a great time. God wants you to give you the desires of your heart. God, God didn't make all the stuff in here for the devil. And for them to have fun and play with. And then we're over here 
you know, just believe in God for stuff. And it's like, no, that he made, he said, the silver's mine, the gold's mine, the cattle's mine. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The fullness, that means everything in the earth is his. And it was made for Adam and his people, for us to enjoy. But the world gets a hold of it, and then they say the church can't have any of it. But I've started to use my faith that I will, I have it, and I have it now. So if you see my little model Ferrari sitting out in the parking lot, I'm going to park it right there. Hopefully nobody drives over it. But <laughs> put cones around it. But one thing I saw about Ian, I'll close with this. At his funeral, he had a whole list of model cars that he had built. And, he put, and his mom, they put them all at his funeral. He had owned every car on that stand except for one that he was going for. And it was, he built a, the Ford Raptor R, which is like a $100,000 truck. This kid is only 20-something years old, and he, he had a Mustang. He had motorcycles. He had sports cars. He had all these cars, and his mom said he had owned all of them at some point except for one. And he had built them, and he put them in front of his eyes to where he could see them. Every single day he walked out, he saw these things, and it produced a physical evidence of something that he could actually drive. The kid wasn't even saved. So the law of faith works for every person. It's just they may not know. They call it, well, you know, whatever, manifestation. A guy asked me there, he goes, do you believe in manifestation? And I said, yeah, look at my truck outside. It is, the, it is the reality of something unseen that came to pass because I was speaking something. And so faith, faith is believing God's word no matter the symptoms that hit your body. Believing God's word no matter the contrary circumstances in your life. What's happening around you, do not consider that. Consider Jesus. Consider what his word said. Don't let the word depart from your eyes. And that's where faith will get stronger and stronger because now I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing first service empty. I'm seeing it full. That's what faith is, is I, I can see the people sitting for first service. We see people second service full in the unseen realm. That is the faith speaking. But in reality, there may not be people in the chairs, but in faith, the whole place is filled first service. And that's what I, I started praying this morning. The Lord said, let, let me challenge your faith. Why don't you see first service full? First service actually never used to be this big. It used to only be maybe 20 people first service. But first service is growing. But that's the realm of faith where every area you want to put your faith to work in that realm, it'll work for you. Brother Hagen said people can have faith for healing, but they have no faith for finances. Because all they studied their whole life was healing, and that's what they wanted. But then they, were, they stayed broke because they never took their faith and moved it to the realm of finances. And faith will work in any area. Faith will work in relationships. Like I said, believe in God for supernatural relationships. Faith will work um, healing, finances. Let's see, what other realms will, will faith work in? Uh, faith will work in, let's see, I mean, it, it'll work anywhere. Anywhere you want. He says, whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe that you already have them. Not you're going to get. Not that it one day will come, but you already have it right now. And so faith believes and faith speaks. And with some, next week, we'll get into the speaking part, the confession part, more on that of your faith. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407 
855-535-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.